Welcome to That's What She Pled with attorneys Christina Goldberg and Julie Lurson from Lurson Goldberg LLC, law powered by women. It's time to shake up the old standards of law and of business. Join these two witty, intelligent, and sassy female business owners who are taking their industry by storm, challenging stereotypes, and shattering ceilings. These two are on a mission to educate, empower, and support not only their own clients, but other powerhouse female entrepreneurs. Come for a laugh and stay for the vibe as Julie and Christina hold nothing back and share the truth of what it is to be female attorneys and business owners through discussion of current events, original stories, and inspiring guests. Now, on to the show. All right, we're back today. Happy Tuesday to everybody. I hope your week is going great. This is the That's What She Pled podcast. I am Christina Goldberg, and I'm here with my law partner, Julie Lurson. Uh, Hello. And we, there she is. And we have, we actually got really, really lucky with a uh, a cancellation with our guest today. Our our guest is an insanely busy woman. She's traveling all over the country. Melissa Wandall's story is is one of of tragedy and hope, one of inspiration, one of faith. Uh, Melissa was widowed at nine months pregnant, nineteen years ago now. Mother to the most beautiful Madison Grace, Melissa swore to her husband that she would raise a happy baby, one born into love, not loss. She's done exactly that. I can attest to the courage and kind hearts of, of both Melissa and Madison. Um, Melissa aims to equip, uplift, and, and resource individuals and organizations. Melissa is the president of the National Coalition for Safer Roads. She's the founder and president of the Mark Wendall Foundation. She's a spokesperson and campaign ambassador for Alert Today Florida and an independent advocacy consultant. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much, ladies, for having me on today. And happy Halloween for those of you who are wondering what day it really is. Yes, happy Halloween. You know, Christy and I, we love karma, kismet, you know, coincidence. And so, um, you know, our story, we worked together, we went our separate ways, the stars aligned, we came back together and we birthed this beautiful law powered by women thing that we do. And I sort of feel like there's a parallel with you because indirectly you and I kind of met a long, long time ago. Um, my former firm worked hand in hand, I think, helping you get some really important legislation through the Florida legislature. And then we went different ways. And then one day Christy was networking with somebody and they were like, you have got to meet this gal. Yep. Her name's Melissa Wandell. She's filled with energy and you just, and one thing led to another. And now Christy's an important member um, of your community, especially the foundation, the Mark Wandell Foundation. So you know, more kismet. Absolutely. Gotta love it. Yes, so welcome. I mean, I, I'm talking. Yeah. Tell us, tell us a little bit. We, we love badass women. And so, you know, you're a natural for us to ask to join us one day. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm grateful that I'm on. And, you know, I think that people need people. Women need women. I think that when things happen in our lives, um, there's circumstances that are beyond our control, but we all have the opportunity to step into those circumstances, whether they're good or they're bad. You know, there so many people are going through so many things in this life and things happen um, and we have to figure out how we're going to get through them. 
right? And so when I met you, Julie, it was, we were really working on traffic safety. My husband was killed by a red light runner. And my husband and my brother was severely injured. Uh, it has governed my brother's life. My daughter was born two weeks later. So she does not know her father and she never will. We were the love of each other's life. So what do you do after being married a year and five days and this crash occurs mm-hmm. in your life? Um, you can either give into it and you can fall to the ground or you can take it, embrace it for all the ugliness that it is and try to grab a hold of it and just try to move through it in order to help yourself and your family and your community heal um, and help so that it doesn't happen to other people or as few as people could be affected, you know? And that's when I met you and we're really working on this bill and, and really trying to bring people in to get people to understand why automated enforcement when in conjunction with education, advocacy, law enforcement, engineering, because it takes it takes everybody to help in highway safety. It takes us all. Um, it's not just one thing, but when we worked to pass that bill, that bill passed in 2010, after five years of education, outreach, and community community involvement, and and politics, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. bill passed <laughs> and stand strong today. But you know, as in everything, if you don't. I couldn't just pass this bill and then just leave it alone and say, okay, well, I passed the bill in my, hu- in my husband's name. That's all I needed. That's not what it was about. It was about nurturing it. Advocacy is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And you have to keep your head above water when you're in it because politics are in advocacy each and every day. They don't belong there, but they are there. So you have to be bigger than it. You have to understand that those people, you don't take those people home with yourself at the end of the day, but you understand that the worst day of my life was October 24th, 2003. It affected my daughter's life. It affected my husband's life by not being here any longer and affected my, uh, my husband, my brother and our community. And I didn't want that to continue happening. So taking that bill, passing it, nurturing it, continuing to move forward. It's my wife or traffic safety is my husband's death and my brother's debilitating life is a crash survivor. And so you take that and you, and you move through that. Um, and then at the, the same time, it was, it was all about, you know, it, it, and when you believe in something with your heart, you know, not with anger, but with forgiveness and with your heart, people come around and want to help. And you, you were one of those people that a lot of people did not know simultaneously at the same time, I'd started a foundation to help yeah. move children through grief. And that's where I met Christina, yep. um, who Julie, you've stayed in it. Christina is uh, an incredible board member, um, a com- a, an incredible community advocate anyway. Um, and so when I met her, she just, she was like a magnet to me. It wasn't the other way around. I wasn't a magnet to her. She was a magnet to me because she's, uh, Christina's fierce, but as fierce as she is, she's got a heart that is even more fierce and beautiful. And she wants to give with that heart, just like you, Julie, but she, mm-hmm. and I knew that she would be such a great fit for the foundation. Um, the foundation does afford us to help our community, children, teens, and young adults in grief that have had a parent, sibling, or guardian die. So my why for the foundation is, is truly because I was a kid in grief and because I had a daughter that was born into grief. And I just wanted her to know that there were other like-minded kids around her. Grief is isolating. 
but uh, Christina and I and the whole team at the Mark Wandel Foundation pull these kids together so that they know they're not alone and that they're nice, not isolated. And we empower them and we resource them and we connect them so that they can have the opportunity for happy, healthy, optimistic life. You know, I think I think you hear the, the phrase I've heard you say is not just survive, but thrive. I mean, you got handed the bitterest, the sourest of lemons mm-hmm. and you have, but your, your servant's heart and your passion, you know, have propelled that into just, you know, this ongoing mission and commitment that is contagious and very inspiring. So, um, you're, you're exactly right about Christy, but, um, <laughs> When did this become about me? Well, in terms of your fierceness (laughs) and and all those sorts of things, but if it weren't for you, I mean, you know, yes, it, uh, she is a magnet, but magnets don't need a like, like magnet to uh, Mm -hmm. be attracted to. So, you know, I, I tip my hat to you both. Absolutely. Well, in the first time I met Melissa, it's, that was, that was the first thing that I, that I told people after having met you was you just, and, and. I'm positive that, that some people listening to the podcast either have met you, have heard of the foundation, have dealt with, with some of it, but just the light that surrounds you is phenomenal to me because it's you, that's exactly part of, part of why we have you, you here today is because you are just the epitome of, of, of Mm -hmm. strength and resilience and, and what we want to showcase here, the, you know, strong, powerful, resilient women that you've chosen to live life that way, instead of curl up and, and let life live you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that thing of God is within her and she will not fall. And I have to say that, you know, daily and even the night of the crash, I remember standing there nine months pregnant and I was, I was peaceful. I, I, it's not like I wanted to, I, it's not like I loved what was happening, but I had this peace about me that I'll never be able to explain in my life. And it, it was God within me helping me because you can't do it alone. You know, Mm -hmm. and I think what I want people to take away from this today is that, you know, the key takeaway is resiliency and we all have the power to hold that resiliency and to move through it, whatever our circumstances is. Yes, there are people that truly can't. We understand that, but the majority of people don't understand that we all have power. And nobody, that's the one thing nobody can take away from us. People can say things to us, but they can't if we if we don't let them, if we understand our own power within us, that we have that power to move through it, whether it's death, divorce, job loss, destruction, any different things that happen in our lives, we can make it through. But it's about sometimes when you step into that positive light, yes, every day is not positive. There are negative things that happen to every single one of us. But if we try to step into that positive light in our most defining moments, people will come around and help us through those most defining. Yeah. You have certainly done that. Julie has certainly done that. And people in my life have certainly done that. There's not one thing that I've done alone. I don't take credit for being who I am today or passing a bill or having a foundation because it's not just me. It's everybody. It's, 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 a, it's an example of people working together and understanding that people need one another and we can do so many amazing things in this life. Um, If I can say one thing, when I was, when I became a widow 
that name, that, it bothered me. Like it, it pierced me and I'd speak, I am a speaker and I'd be able to speak, but at the end of the day, and I always speak authentically, but that widow just always got me. So I had to make a way for the word widow to be better. So I thought, I wrote it out, W-I-D-O-W. I'm like, hmm, wise, independent, devoted, optimistic woman. That's who I want to be. I don't want to be a little person in the corner clothed in black and having somebody take care of me, losing my daughter, um, not making a difference. I want to step out and I want to be wise. I want to be independent. I want to be devoted to my cause. Cause is, I want to be optimistic about life. And I am a woman and I'm not, and I, and my dad taught me that as a woman, as a little girl, my dad taught me I could do anything in this life, whether it's being an electrician, uh, being a waitress or being a speaker, whatever I want to be, just be it. You know, we complicate things in our lives. And so when tragedy, whatever tragedy is, right, because tragedy could be a breakup, a simple breakup, you know, or a job loss, whatever that tragedy is, we truly have to embrace it, love it, wrap our arms around it, pay peace to it and find a way to move through it. I just want to hand you my mic and let you drop it. (laughs) We need a prop. I have never heard that acronym. I've never heard you actually describe that with, with widow. That's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. I appreciate that. It's about letting that, not letting that sword touch us. It's going to things in life. Like I think about an arrow and I think about it Um, whatever circumstance it is, it is, it hits us, right? It touches us and it hurts, but you can't let it go all the way through you. You can't, you know, and if it is, then somebody say, Hey, help me. It's Mm -hmm. starting. I'm starting to go through it. I need help being pulled out of it because, because we do want to help people. We want to be there. That's one of my things is I, I really do. I I do want to be there for people. I want to use my life as a springboard to affect positive change. I really mean that because if I can do it, I promise you anybody can do it. Well, I, I, I don't think we sometimes think, you know, maybe somebody's listening and just can't imagine that they could come through this and you don't necessarily know, I guess, what you're capable of, capable of until you're suddenly in the midst of it. But I also hear you saying, don't try to do this alone. It takes a village to use that phrase and ask for help, which is sometimes hard to do. Um, I know, you know, sometimes I struggle thinking that I should know how to do this. So for instance, I shouldn't, if I'm asking, I'm making myself look foolish. I think people want to help people. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of times women, especially, well, I know both Julie, you and I, we have difficulty asking for help. And that's, I sort of, as, as I've gotten older, certainly, you know, you, you stop caring so much other what other people think about, about your life and you start finding value in in what you do and what you're able to accomplish. And I've gotten better at it, but now I find myself with, with other, with other female friends or or business owners, whoever saying, no, really ask Mm -hmm. for help at call me. (laughs) I'm right here. I'm not going to show up, but you need to call me and ask me for help and I will be there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's definitely something I think that as women, we, we tend to not want to ask for help so much. Maybe it's strong women. It is. And it's our vulnerability. And I'm only saying that because if I look back when this crash occurred and I just started doing everything and started, tried to do everything on my own. I mean, I really did. Like if I look back and if you say, 
but is there one, is there one thing that you would do over? The only thing I would do would, would have been to have taken more time to grieve, have my, and, and just not immediately plunge myself into everything. Because once you do that, you put, you just, you throw out so many lines that it's hard to grab them all back in. Then it's hard to say no. Right. And then you are doing a lot on your own. And that's the thing. I mean, this is 19 for me. This is 19 years of learning who I am and what I need. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not that person that's going to go ask Betty Joe off the street to help me. I'm hurting. No, 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 no. We have we have a little circle that we mm-hmm. keep that we yep. know people that are safe. Right. Yep. Those are the people that we say, hey, I'm I'm. I just, I need a lifeline. I need a little help today. But yes, for so long, I have been that person that says, no, I'm going to do this alone. I got this. But then you learn, mm-hmm. you learn that you end up hurting yourself at the end, in the end and your causes, my causes became more important to me than trying to sit back and do it all myself. Do I yeah. still have time? Do I still have sometimes where I don't want to ask for help? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> There's so much beauty and vulnerability though, really. And, and, and letting other people show up for you because other people want to show up for you. And sometimes you learn that people need that people need you to ask them, but, but it's not, you don't realize that it's, but it's that part of growing and learning, not taking ourselves too seriously. It's so easy to shit ourselves. I should have done this. I should have done that. Or why couldn't I say this? Why couldn't I do that? I think truly we have to do the best we can every single solitary day with what we've got. Mm-hmm. Some things we're going to say, God, I wish I could have done better today, yeah. but, but that's okay. That's okay. Well, there's, there's value in all that too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So humbling, making yeah. mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. We learn trying to be, be everything for everybody all the time. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so in the, you were saying, Melissa, that, and, and obviously one of the things that, that we were certainly going to, going to ask you was, was going to be, what would you, what would you look back now and see that you sort of did wrong or something that you would have done differently? So you commented that you didn't allow yourself enough time to grieve. Did you ever find yourself um, hitting a sort of hitting a wall after a few years or sort of you, you dove so far and so heavily into so many different things that, that suddenly you went, Oh my gosh, here's, here's the grief. Thank you. So this, this, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm very, it is outspoken as I am about a lot of things. I keep a lot of that stuff to myself. That's very personal to me, but I will tell you, yes. Um, 19 years later, 18 years and eight months after my daughter went off to college, um, you know, she's in college and it's quiet. That's a big one. Very, very quiet. Right. It's big for everybody because you're like, and I, and I'm excited. I want her to succeed. I want her, if she's, you know, she's in Boston, if she wants to stay in Boston, that's where I want her to be. I want her to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I will tell you it is, I'm experiencing things I never experienced before. I knew that my husband was never coming back again, but when he died, but you look now and I'm like, wow, where did that 19 years go? And Ooh, I never felt that before. And Mm. wow, that's kind of uncomfortable now. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, you know, it, it comes out when it's your time for it to come out, whether it's 
19 years, 25 years, or some people can do it in six months and move through it and just go on with their lives, which is nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And I've never not gone on with my life, but for the very first time, I'm feeling something different than I ever have felt in my entire life. And it's not just the absence of my daughter being at school. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You're yeah. allowing yourself grace. I know you enough to know that you're allowing it mm-hmm. and yeah. not running from it. Yeah. yeah. And I think you have to, because at the end of the day, I recognize how fast this 19 years went by, and I don't want the next 19 years to go by just as fast. And I'm sitting in the same place. I, you, you really don't want that, but I think that's, that's comes with age as you learn about yourself, things you allow yourself to do or things you want or things that you're just like, no, I didn't miss out on that. I was just going through something else in my life during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it, it, it's heavy. We had significant plans after, you know, when, when you are, we were, Mark and I were only married a year and five days, but we had been together for five and a half years and we got it right before we got married. I mean, we took the time to get it right. And yeah. there's no doubt in my life, we were the love of each other's life. And I'm grateful every day for that love because that was the most beautiful life that I ever got to experience. And the heartache is real. And it's uh, the plans that we had in our life. They're just, they're no more. And yeah, I can go and do some of those things. And I did with Madison, but you have to, I have to find my own place, you know? So, so what, yeah. what do what does Melissa do just for Melissa? You know, nobody else. Nobody else. I'm just learning that now. I mean, I really am. I, I haven't, I've, I've made a, a pledge to myself to go do some of these things that, that I want to do. I want to experience joy. I want to travel a little bit more. There's so much more I want to do for my community. I love to speak. I love empowering women. I love empowering people. I love empowering our, our people in our in the whole traffic safety arena because it's so big and there's so many issues, but together we can do so many great things. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I want to empower advocates. So I want to do that. I pick and choose, I guess I should say now more than ever, Mm -hmm. what I really want to do and what I want to focus on. Yeah. Tell me, this just sort of out of the blue came to me for anybody listening who says, oh, I know about that legislation. That's where they trap me when I run a red light. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What's your response to that? Because I'm sure you get that a lot that you're the person responsible for people getting tickets and that's not fair. Yeah. And thank you so much for, for bringing that up because that's the whole point is people are dying on our streets each and every day. People are breaking safety laws. Okay. So if you are not running a red light, if your, if your front tires stop behind the white line on a red light, you are not running a red light and you will not be ticketed for it. Even if your front tires go over on yellow and your back tires go over on red, you're not running a red light. You have to be in a position where you will go over that white line on red, where you will about to hit another vehicle, or maybe you're going to hit a pedestrian or somebody on a motorcycle or, or a bicyclist. So we are trying to not only curb the behaviors of red light running, but we're trying to create less violators because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we have to make sure that we reduce the risk at our intersections. And that is 
all those cameras do. They are not it's, trapping anybody at all. Right. It's and let's be, be clear, frust- entrapment is being induced to break the law, not being caught breaking the law that you were going to, you were going to do that anyway. That's not entrapment. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I know you're listening to the That's What She Pled podcast, and I am so happy you're here. If you have any questions, please head over to lawpoweredbywomen.com or look in the show notes to find out how to reach us. We would love to hear from you. That is right. And see, yeah. listen to the lawyer. That is absolutely yeah. <laughs> right. And that, yeah. And that's what people don't understand. And, you know, our county, Manatee County, our yes. county commissioners made mm. the decision to let the program go. They let the program go because the program was too hard for them to handle. And that's the the issue that that there is. And that's truth. And that's all I can say. I'm not saying anything. Again, we all do the best we can every day with what we've got. But that program got too hard and they didn't look anyplace else. Sheriff Wells wanted that program. If you have law enforcement that say, especially somebody like Sheriff Wells, that says, who is just an, a stand, an upstanding guy that says, we need these cameras to work alongside law enforcement, education, advocacy, because people are dying every day, but these are working and these are helping. And so I think we need to get back and, and stop yelling about a red light safety camera. We are on camera in a bank. Um, We are on camera in McDonald's, Walmart, wherever you go, there are cameras everywhere. And there's a lot of misinformation and misunderstanding, I think. And so Mm -hmm. it's gotta be, it's gotta be frustrating sometimes. Well, Um, and, and the, I guess the, the corollary piece is the, the funds that the, these violations raise, go to good end. It's not just padding the coffers of, I, I don't know, some no. com- outside company or, or whatever. No. That- no, if you go to melissawandeladvocate.com and you, there's a video on there for the Miami project, um, the Miami project receives ten uh, $3 per ticket um, that goes t- towards spinal brain and injury. It's Mark Bonacotti's um, foundation. And then 22 level one trauma centers receive $10 mm-hmm. per ticket. So they're going back to what's happening out there on our roadways anyway. And then what most people don't understand is that in Manatee County could have done the same thing. Like Orlando, they, they became, they started an Orlando stops program. So their money from the cameras go back into roadway safety. They go back into organizations, bicycle, pedestrian mm-hmm. safety. And, you know, and, and I, I actually, I don't get frustrated because the worst thing happened on October 24th, 2003. But the first time I did have um, somebody from a newspaper the other night asked me, well, do you, don't you think maybe now you need to change your advocacy efforts? And I'm not sure why that question was posed to me because it's not about me. It's totally about the way that the commissioners decided to make their decision to end the program. It had nothing to do with my advocacy efforts. It never has. And I don't just concentrate on Manatee County. I, those, that safety camera was not to memorialize Mark. The foundation is to memorialize a Mark and for Mark, but that the Mark Wandel traffic safety act is Mark's life-saving legacy. And let me tell you something right now. If I thought for one moment that they were not working in the state of Florida, you bet your butt I'd have Mark's name ripped off. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. That's his legacy. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, yeah. It's that whole thing with, with advocacy being a marathon and not a sprint. You have to continue nurturing it, but you also have to know when to let go and mm-hmm. just, you know what, I'm, you don't waste your time batting your head against a wall with yep. people who don't believe in something. You continue doing your work and knowing that it is making a difference someplace else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people don't, don't think about that. This is not, this has nothing to do with, with ego or, or. Yeah wanting my name or his name everywhere. And in, in oh. fact, I don't want his name associated with anything negative. No. Yeah. yeah. If no. people would just think for one second, what yeah. are, what are we saving doing lives? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's that's pretty simple. Totally what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We have a oh. problem on our roadways and you ladies know it more than ever um, because people are dying every day and being seriously injured yep. and yeah. killed. And, and we have to take all that we have. It takes every single one of us to make it better out there. Um, yeah. We want people to come home at the end of the day. And so mm-hmm. I will continue doing that for as long as I have a voice, I will continue utilizing it. Yeah. It's a, a hazard hazard of the job. I guess I won't drive a vehicle that's not a larger SUV just, just by virtue of doing what we do and seeing what we see. And I, I won't be on the road in a small car just for, I mean, any number of reasons. And now with everybody in the country moving here, uh, it's getting, it's getting so much worse on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah, It really is a thousand people a day that are moving into the state of Florida. Um, Mm -hmm. and we have pedestrians and bicyclists. Let's face it. We are, we are pedestrians, bicyclist friendly scooters. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And not that friendly though, for any of those contingencies, unfortunately, no, no. And we have people that are falling down and not able to compete. So we need to keep moving forward to make our our roads safer for everybody. Yeah. So talk for a minute about the foundation that we were, you know, I'm a, I'm a board member, lucky enough to call myself a board member, the Mark Wendell foundation. I think that a lot of people don't under, you can't understand it unless you're with those, those kids at the camps that we're able to provide for them. But talk just a little bit about it. What was your purpose of, of actually creating the foundation? So thank you so much. Yeah. The, the purpose of the foundation truly was I'm was a kid in grief at 12, my brother at seven, my sister died at 15 of cancer. And the isolation is real and true. Um, You don't, uh, not everybody gets therapy, not everybody has resources. So, and then when Mark died and and being nine months pregnant, knowing I was having Madison, I really wanted to find a place for her to know that she would never be alone, that there were kids just like her. And so it was really truly about wanting to reach out to kids in our community and in the state of Florida to let them know they're not alone. They're not, they're not going to be isolated, that we will resource them, that we will be there for them. And the, the caregiver, because the caregiver is one at the end of the day, a lot of times these caregivers are not talking to the kids about grief. Yeah. No, these Mm -hmm. kids don't have an opportunity to grieve. They're not allowed at the memorial services or they're not allowed to be a part of it. You know, in any way, kids are told a lot of times these younger kids that their parents die at five and six year old, five and six are told, well, we're not going to talk to them about it till they're older. Well, by the time they're older, they're smoking it, they're drinking it. 
Um, they're yeah. doing anything with it. That's why mental health is such a huge problem in our society because we don't communicate. So through the foundation, um, one of our biggest organizations, Christina, as you know, is Comfort Zone Camp Partnership. Um, and it's a three-day camp where kids get the opportunity to be with other kids just like them. Yeah. They get the opportunity to heal, to grieve, to grow. We do outward bound activities. We have therapy. They have three, they have these healing circles where if they want to talk, they talk. They don't mm -hmm. want to talk about their grief. They don't have to talk about their grief. But the most amazing thing is that these kids just feel comfortable because they can be them. Yep. They can be who they want to be. Um, and they have affinity yeah. with exactly yeah, with people that they don't generally probably run into. No, yeah. and they think they're alone, but then they right. go into a setting and they realize that they're not. You know, we had two kids uh, about probably four or five years ago that met each other at camp. They both went to the same high school. They were both diabetics, you know, and they were in, they ended up being, since they were the same age, they were in the same cabin and they became great friends and they've been able to stay in touch with each other. They were able, one ended up having to move away with her family, but what that piece brought for both of them and one had lost a mom, one mom died and the other one, dad died, but at least they had that parent loss. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then now I'm both being diabetic. So that has its own challenges. They were able to meet one another and help one another. And then the caregivers were able to take the girls too, mm -hmm. and were able to do things with them as well. So mm -hmm. we, through that camp, it's, it's our best setting to get our kids because yep. once we get our kids, that's the program where we can start healing those kids. But we've, we've talked about this so many times, but our, our camp costs close to $70,000 for a weekend. Yep. Um, but we have over a hundred volunteers and we have, we take about 62 kids by rights. This foundation should only take 50. Um, but we do take 62 each year because we know these kids need it, you know, yeah. and once you get these kids in, we have other kids on a wait list, a wait list. Yeah. yeah. There's a wait list every yeah. single solitary year. So we just have to find a way. And, and I know there's somebody out there that can really help us make this dream a reality. And it can be the Mark Wando foundation comfort zone camp and, you know, XYZ company that supports us for that second camp, because it really is important because once we meet these kids where they're at at camp, mm -hmm. we can continue to nurture them. Um, we have a scholarship program that's so important. You know, I have a kid that is a scholarship kid and, and she needs scholarships because college is expensive. But so we, you know, we, we have a scholarship program that Christy sits on that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's getting bigger every year. We have more kids yeah. that are, that are signing up and the, and it has to be somebody that has had a parent, sibling or guardian die. That's one of the requirements, but then we have equine therapy. And then our, then our next program is just reconnecting these kids, having, throwing together a kickball game and a barbecue, which we always look for a company to do something like that for us. We just reconnect the kids. Cause when we reconnect the kids, we reconnect the families and caregivers then they are able to support one another too. And something that's really big for me is having my eyes on all these families. You know, we yeah. can do things all the time. We can say we're doing things, but I like to have my eyes on and see where people are at, see where these kids are at and see where these families are at and try to help continue moving them mm -hmm. forward in their life um, so that they can have a happy, healthy, optimistic future because that's what we want. We want to empower them and that's what we do through the foundation. 
Yeah. We're going to give you an opportunity just in, in, a, in a couple of minutes to tell people how to find you and how to look for the foundation. But if having, having attended the camp and been a, a, a big, we, we pair the kids with, with adults and, and we're hand in hand the whole weekend and having, having been there, it'll bring you to your knees as even as an adult volunteer, just listening to the kids. Like, what do you remember about your mom, the way she smelled, or I, I mean, just things that I, you know, you have to take time off of work when you come back into town from that, just for your own mental health as an adult volunteer, having spent so much time with these kids who don't have anywhere to put their grief. And finally, from day one to day three of camp, the change in these kids is phenomenal. And it's something that you really cannot understand unless you, you're volunteering and there's all sorts of opportunities for sponsorships and volunteerism and, and, and all of that. And just to, to be able to be surrounded by the magic of these kids. They have so much to offer and so much to share and watch them kind of open up and blossom during that weekend. is unbelievable, but yeah, it'll bring you to your knees. Yeah. And it gives me chill hearing you say that because that's what we really need, Christina. You just like, that was a a beautiful, authentic commercial because we need, you know, I can say it all day long, but it's not the same as, as somebody that volunteers and Mm -hmm. spends their time because it is, it's, you, you have to train. It's just a six hour training uh, via zoom, but then it's, it's Friday. You get there Friday and you go home Sunday and you, you're, you're tired, you're exhausted. You want to cry. Um, but you feel fulfilled in a way you could never feel before, but then that Monday, you need to take that Monday off from work because (laughs) it's the same. So if there's, you said it perfectly, Christina. And so would you urge a volunteer to sign up? Oh my gosh. Yes. Let me just chime in and share my experience. I did the comfort zone camp training, which is your partner organization that helps people get ready to go attend the Mark Wandal Foundation Grief Camp. I've yet to actually been a, be able to participate, but what I did learn um, opened my eyes. My nephew lost his dad, sadly, by suicide and comfort zone partners with a, another organization sort of in the similar vein as yours, specifically for kids who've lost a parent by suicide. And so he got to go for several years and he's aged out, but he's he's trying to, now he's jumped over the, be a camper and be, now he's a counselor. It's been an amazing blessing for, for my nephew. His Mm -hmm. mom has also, you know, been a benefactor. So yeah, I mean, it's a grief is, it's a, it's a really rough thing for all of us, particularly for kids. So Mm -hmm. the work of your foundation is sadly needed. Yeah, but it's a, that's the, but I think that's the the thing, like a lot of people don't want to look at it because it's sad, but it's really not sad. It's bringing so much hope like oh, this yeah. foundation and that weekend is hope in action. Yeah, uh, of course. Hope. I just mean that anybody uh, would lose. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's what, and that's sad. what I'm saying. Yes, yeah. it is sad. It is sad. I mean, that's, that's what it is sad. And you said it beautifully and it's helped. It's helped your nephew, which is incredible. And I, and I think that's what grief is. It is, it will bring you to your knees mm-hmm. as an adult. So as a child, what do I do with it? I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. So let so if we have other adults that can volunteer like Christy, that can train like you, that will someday be able to utilize mm-hmm. it. 
but you utilized it still in another way because now you're resourced, right? Mm -hmm. Now, you know, where kids can go. Um, It's really, really important because it is uplifting. And on that Sunday, that is the hardest day of all, because these kids get to be a part of a memorial service. They get to plan their own memorial service, how they would have honored their loved one. It's beautiful. It'll, yeah. it'll make you cry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, us tough yeah. cookies, it'll, it'll, it'll get to you, but, yeah. but it's almost a, um, it's, it's so bittersweet and beautiful, but can't do it without our community. Yeah. Well, you know? and it's these kids reach out. They want to know, they want to know about your loss, my loss. They want to know about the adults who are there volunteering yeah. and being the bigs that's they're pointed. And these kids don't hesitate. Who did you lose? And yeah what do you remember and how to, and yeah. they want to connect on a level that, that we don't understand because it's so easy as an adult when you, and I, I thank God I haven't, I haven't suffered this loss, but as an adult, I can imagine it's so easy to sort of look at a kid and, and say, well, we'll, we'll talk about dad later. Or we'll talk about mom later, or we'll, you know, let's just put this picture here where you can mm-hmm. see it, but we don't all have to be reminded of it. And And this poor child has all of these feelings and all of these things and, and wants to talk about it, but keeps it all in. And or this weekend, what, just, what they want. Yeah. yeah. This weekend, just, it turned, it's such a magical experience to watch these kids who are just little clamshells when they get there on Friday. And by Sunday they're going, Oh, I get to do this. And it's just the coolest thing to watch uh, and be a part of, but yeah, it'll, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I cried yeah. more times than, I mean, great mm-hmm. tears, but it, it absolutely just, it's so emotional. It's incredible. And you have to experience it. You really do to know what it really is. You know, you just have to experience it. You have to say, I can do this. Let me step into this. Let me try it because everybody's there to lift each other up. Mm -hmm. If you feel while you're there, you're feeling vulnerable yourself. There's always another big there to help carry the weight. Take Um, it off. Yeah. And and these kids are more resilient than the rest of us. And because they are the ones that, that do teach us so much, Mm -hmm. um, which, which is the beauty in it. And that was my my whole, uh, in, in my daughter was, went to camp until she was about 14 and she had been, and the reason why I partnered with comfort zone, comfort zone, but she needed, she needed more. She wanted to be a big, she didn't mm-hmm. want to be, she wanted the camp, but she didn't want to be a kid at camp because she's mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm done. I want to be a bridge. Um, and she was able to do that. And, and her role of going from where she's come to, to now being a big, you know, she's probably not going to be at camp this year because she's in college, which is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it has that part of it, that being a volunteer has really allowed her to give back to some of the younger kids as well. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> cool story. Everything you do, you know, one of my favorite little sayings and I, I borrowed it, but it's together we're better. And I, you oh, know, yeah. if, if that doesn't speak yeah. to that, I don't know what does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, we've been, it, it's, it, it's very inspiring to have you here today. Yes. Thank you. Where can, where can people find you? Tell, tell people where to go and look for, for Melissa. Okay. So you can go to melissawandeladvocate.com and Wandel is W-A-N-D-A-L-L. So melissawandeladvocate.com. Um, and from there, it'll take you to the Mark Wandel Foundation. It'll take you to the National Coalition for Safer Roads. It'll take you to different speaking clips and things on there. So just and go you to can see all your awards. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I I, I have to say, uh, let me just hit on like a couple (laughs) words because I think they just, you know, again, personify you. You Mm -hmm. State Farm has recognized you twice that I'm aware of. One was your Embrace Life Award. Wow. And and your Where Are They Now winner as well, a couple years afterwards. And God, you've been nominated, I don't know how many times for as a woman advocate for your excellence in advocacy. So thank you. Today is just sort of Mm -hmm. one small little example of your passion Mm -hmm. and your commitment and your dedication and your resilience. So thank you. And Mary, if anybody, there's this great quote by Mary Crowley. It says, we are free up to the point of choice. And then the choice controls the chooser. And it's so beautiful because I want my choice to matter in this life. I want it to matter. I want to be able to reach out to other people and say, if I can do it, if I can stand here on my own, then you can do it too. Um, And it's so important that we recognize no matter how broken we are, that there is, you know, God is within us and we are we do not do this life alone and that we can get through anything. You know, we have to step into our most defining moments and love will bring us through those most defining moments. So Bravo. I'm grateful, grateful to be here with you two and honored that you had asked me to be on your show. And I love your work and I love what you do for our community because the Mark Wanda Foundation is only a fingernail of what you do for our our community. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Such an inspiration. Thank you. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks. So we are law powered by women. We are Christy and Julie. You can find us at www.lawpoweredbywomen.com and we will talk to y'all next time. Thank you for listening to That's What She Fled podcast. Don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Larson Goldberg lawyers. The content has been made available for general informational and educational purposes only and may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. The content is not intended to be a substitute for legal advice from your individual attorney and the information provided does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice.